Denver Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Good morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. Man, love these uh, four day weeks. I get used to these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be great. For those of you who've been grinding for the whole week, hey. Good for you. We appreciate it. Appreciate the effort. Way to go. 6 a.m. listeners. Best of the bunch. Prove it day after day. If only, if only the 8 and 9 a.m. listeners would pick up their game. Try it for a while. Well, getting up early? Yeah. Uh, not live, for everybody. Live with some 6 a.m.ers for a while. That's see not what, for everybody. See what it, see, see what, see what it does for you. I tell people are wired differently. Do you think? Oh yeah, I've always been an early riser. Oh yeah, you you've always been. If you weren't doing this, you'd be you'd still be getting up at like five thirty. Yeah, yeah, doing something. Yeah, oh yeah, it's always a project. Always a project. So always something. Son of poolside. Son of poolside. Always something to do. See, I I'm I am not wired this way. This if, I, is- if I wasn't doing this, I'd be asleep right now. I'd be a seven a.m. listener. Hmm. Probably, probably flirting with 8 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Rogue, you? Oh, I know. You'd be a 9 a.m.er. Yeah. It was up to I'm you. I'm like a sleepy girl, you know? I'm always, I want to sleep in. Well, I stay up late, but I do enjoy waking up early. Not this early, but it's nice to be up when the sun is, you know, rising. I always thought that store should open at like 5.30 so I'd get all my stuff done. Yes. Be done by 9 a.m. By before. yourself, yeah. shopping there by yourself. I'm yeah. sure the clerks would love it. Yeah, and then everything oh, here comes stink. Everything would be done. Everybody else would be rolling around. I'd be <laughs> hunkered down. You'd be still doing something else. Yeah, at the house, though. I wouldn't have to wouldn't have to fight all that traffic I'm constantly uh-huh, fighting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you do around the house? Stink? Oh. Like, what's your, what's your go-to? What's your vibe? I'm you a, in the garage? I am... Outside, working on the yard, working on my fish pond. Uh, I always got, I always have a project, Rogue. Big outside guy. Big love, outside love guy. Love my projects. Love your outdoor projects. Yeah. Well, the uh, Nuggets, their project is uh, to finish the rest of the season. Well, how? What is? What are your goals? What are your goals, Mark Schlereth, for the Nuggets well, you, for the rest of the yeah, season? Yeah, you had them. You had them going 20 and 7, I believe. I had them going 21 and 6. To finish out the season, mm-hmm. I believe that's what we uh, that's what we came up with. That really, the goal is to go out there to make sure that come playoff time, you're ready to roll, you're humming on all cylinders, and you're healthy. And that's the one thing because you know they they listed uh, I think they listed um, KCP as probable, but he still has the hammy, the right hamstring. And then they listed Jamal Murray as probable, and they'll probably play tonight. But uh, bilateral tibias, they've added the bilateral in there. Maybe they had that before, I just didn't notice it. But now it's bilateral tibias, which is worse than just tibias. Although, if you just say tibias, isn't that plural? So doesn't that, if it was tibia, it'd be one. Right, a sore tibia. But it's tibia, so isn't bilateral tibias redundant? Redundant, yeah. It's like by means to, yeah. Yeah. Over exaggeration. You can just leave it at exaggeration. You don't have to go over exaggeration. <laughs> so bilateral tibias sounds like they're trying to make it sound more detrimental than it is. 
The Nuggets begin the night in fourth place in the Western Conference, third place in their own division. Michael Malone yesterday saying, he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to burn these guys out. I'm not going to sacrifice the big picture. Right. Reed playing into June for chasing a number one seed. What do you think, What seeding-wise, what do you think is the most important for them? Like, do you think, honestly, I don't care where they're seated. I think that home or away, uh, this team, when they're locked in, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters who they play. I don't think it matters where they play. So, yes, would it be nice to have as high a seed as possible um, and, and, and have home court through one or two rounds or the entire Western Conference part of the playoffs? Sure. But is it something that... I feel is 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 a driving force for the rest of the season. No, last year, you know, when you're still trying to prove yourself, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, having that safety net, having home court, helps create, I think, a little bit more confidence that you might need as a team that's trying to break through for the first time. But once you once you do what they they did, now armed with what they're armed with, the knowledge and everything, I I just don't think it matters. I really don't. What did they go last year? Sixteen and four on the way to. Was it sixteen and four? Yes, yes. Were all the games lost? Did they lose any home games last year? Oh boy! Right off the remember. top of my head, I can't recall one. I can't either. But I'm with. Uh, regardless, I'm with you. I don't think. Like I would love to have as high a seat as possible. Like you, if you could get up to the second seed or whatever, and you're not—I mean, you're not that far away from the first seed, right? No, 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 no. They're you're a couple games out, three games out. Yeah, but I think Michael Malone's got the right approach. I am not going to wear my dudes out trying to get the number one seed. Like, if the number one seed happens, great. But if it doesn't, we're fine. There is that fine balance. You're looking at the big picture. Michael Malone's looking at the big picture. That's the proper way to do this. They lost one home game. They lost game two of the NBA Finals to Miami. So, remember, they were tied up at one Okay. And people were starting to freak. Yeah. They then promptly went out to uh, Miami and won the next two by 15 and 13. Ball game over. Mm. So... That is uh, what is beginning tonight. Also tonight, the Avalanche in Detroit. Avs Red Wings. Man, there used to be a time where all you had to say was Avs Red Wings. Oh, it was was appointment television. It would send chills down your spine, just the idea of Avs Red Mm -hmm. Wings. Now, just another game. Yeah. Used to be a day where you would hunker down, maybe have people over, and you could watch it on TV. Yes, you could. Yeah. Yes, you could. You could indeed. You could indeed. And now, you don't have anybody over, and you got to stream an illegal website. <laughs> so, a lot to react right off the top. Ramoslaw.com te- uh, text line is open to you, 303-713-1043. Up next, we uh, start combing around the dumpster, looking for bargains. That's next. Ever since we got Xfinity... We have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my hiding spots. Ha, found ya. How? 
That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. So yesterday we were talking about the uh, the free, well not free agents, the, the veteran Bronco players that are making more than $10 million next season, but are prime cap casualties because they don't have a ton of guaranteed money for next year. You could really save a lot of money against the cap, and for a team that's going to be uh, really up against the cap and over the cap uh, because of the Russell Wilson uh, contract to be eaten, uh, you might be looking at some savings and trying to cut some guys, but you still need to replace them. So, little exercise here. Uh, looking at, based on the, the games you call every week, the film you study, the rosters you study, I want to give you credit because a couple years ago when the Broncos signed Alex Singleton, it was being heralded as, hey, here's a depth linebacker guy, a guy that will definitely excel on special teams. And you were like, hold on a second. This is a guy could play. This guy could play. And all he's done is become... Uh, a tackling machine, one of the leading tacklers in the NFL, and has really kind of entrenched himself as a Bronco starter. So we're looking for diamonds in the rough. We're going to comb through the trash, do a little dumpster diving today, because that's the way it's going to be with free agency. So, Mark, let's start. You uh, thought that DJ Jones would make for a prime candidate to be cut, save about uh, about seven and a half, eight million dollars against the cap. Going to need to replace him. See any? Diamonds in the rough on the defensive line. Well, there's a couple of guys that I think are really good players um, that maybe haven't gotten their huge payday yet. Um, and so let me just throw a couple guys out there that I think, because I love DJ Reader. He's almost 30 years old, but um, you know he's a big money. He's a big ticket item. Remember, they wanted to sign DJ Reader a couple of years ago. He chose Cincinnati over Denver. And anyhow, so that was that. Um, Grover Stewart out of Indianapolis, really good player. He's 30, though, um, and he's a $10 million a year guy. So I'm going to say they're not going in that direction. Shelby Harris is out there. Shelby Harris is out there. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, we have a drop with him. Yeah, like that? Ooh, yeah. I like that. Um, so I'm going to give you a couple names that are lower on the totem pole as far as total price, okay, and a bit younger, okay. Guy by the name of Tier Tart, T R Tart, Tier Tart, Tier Tart, Tier Tart, Tier Tart. Okay, got cut at the end of the year last year from Tennessee. Uh, had a scuffle or a dust-up with uh, Mike Vrabel, and you don't want to dust-up Mike Vrabel because he'll give you the silent treatment or he'll cut you. But Tier Tart's a damn good player. Now, he's not a big-time pass rusher or whatever, but he plays that role of, you know, DJ Reader. He plays that role of uh, um, who we're replacing? Jones. So he is he's a really good run defender. He's a very he's niftier than thinking. He's only twenty seven years old. All right, so Tier Tart would be a guy. Right now he's sitting at four million dollars, but he got cut last year. You might be able to cut a deal with him that would put him in that same vein. Okay, another guy out of Miami. He's twenty eight years old. Christian Wilkins. Okay, that dude's a beast. 
an absolute beast, played for Miami last year. He may be on the uptick as far as money is concerned because he's on the rise. Um, he's on the rise, making three, a little over $3.5 million a year. He may be on the rise. He may price himself out. Those are two guys. Kinlaw, Javon Kinlaw is a guy that intrigues me. He's 26 years old, um, former first-rounder that didn't necessarily pan out. He's had some injury issues, leg and knee and foot, I think, has has been some of his problems. Didn't really become the first-round dominant player that they thought he would be in San Francisco. But he is one of those skilled guys. He is one of those skilled inside guys that I think has some real upside, um, you know, if healthy, in the right environment. All right. And a lot of times, I mean, he's just behind. He, he's he been behind a couple of guys that are, are really good players. All right, so we'll file some of those names away. Also, we figured tight end is one, uh, an area. You just, unless they go out and draft, you know, Brock Bowers from Georgia or somebody like that, mm-hmm. you can't trust Greg Dulcich and his tight, tight. Like tighter than mouse nuts. Yeah, that is the that thing is tight. hamstring. Mm-hmm. Adam Troutman. I think we talked about when we did should they stay or should they go for the free agents. I thought, I thought we agreed that Troutman should come back, right? Mm, yeah, because no? it was yeah. it was such little money. Exactly. Yeah, but they could always use a a free agent upgraded tight end. Some interesting names out there. How about Albert Okuwebunam? <laughs> You know who else? Oh, Bonham. You know who else is available? There's a first rounder that's available. Former first rounder Ooh, that's available. Really? A little football rehab? Bring yeah. Him, bring him here. Who is it? It's a tight end. Former first rounder. Okay, I'm intrigued. Hasn't really panned out. Okay. Okay. Who is this mystery tight end? No offense. No offense. Oh, jeez. No. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, so the couple. No, give Dalton, me a couple of them. Dalton Schultz started in, he's 27 years old. Dalton Schultz started in, in Dallas, remember, was yep. in Houston last year. 59 catches, 635 yards, five TDs. Um, that might be a bit too expensive, though, for their. Yeah. Eagle I, think he's, I think he's gonna. I think he's going to get paid. So then you got to drop down. A guy that intrigues me, that there's a couple of guys that really hasn't, burst on the scene as a former, I think he was a former first-rounder, Irv Smith. Mm, yeah. Went to Minnesota. Yep. I'm, was really... Alabama guy, right, I think? Yeah. He was really he was really coming on as a young player. Um, I know because my neighbor coached him. Brian Periani coached him. Second-round pick. Out of Alabama, right? Yeah. Yeah. And really coming on, becoming more of a complete tight end, then went to Cincinnati as a free agent, Got injured, really didn't play very much. That's a guy that intrigues me a little bit. Um, I'll tell you the other guy that intrigues me. Now, he only had 12 catches last year. And he he would be, in my mind, he'd be a big upgrade over, if you decided Adam Troutman in your guy, he'd be a big upgrade over Troutman. And I have a sneaky suspicion he'd be a much better receiver. He had 12 catches last year. Okay? Ross Dwelly. Hmm. Ross Dwelly is a backup tight end in San Francisco. And he plays tight end, fullback, kind of H-back, if you will. He is all over the place. But he is their 12 personnel guy. When they come in with another great run blocker, really, I think, very athletic, but buried behind George Kittle. 
so he doesn't get he just doesn't get the opportunities. And he, but he plays. He's an v- incredibly versatile guy. I would pick him from a versatility standpoint okay. and a blocking standpoint. Well over, you know, well over um, Troutman, and I think he's got a little wiggle to him. Like I think he could be a better receiver. He just doesn't get the opportunity because you know when you're feeding mouths in San Francisco, you're feeding Christian McCaffrey, you're feeding George Kittle, you're feeding. Ayuk, you feeding, you know, you Debo Samuel. A couple other quick uh, names that that uh, at least jump out. Mike Gesicki, see more of a. No, he's no. just more of a, a wide receiver tight he's end. Gangly, right? yeah, he's very is, gangly. He's a gangly yeah, dude. You need your tight end to be you. I know you personally want your tight end to be able to do a little bit more. How about Robert Tunyon? Yeah, I just don't want gangly. All right, no gangly. Robert Tunyon. Um, uh, Packers and now Bears, right? Yeah, yeah. Robert Tunyon is a good guy. He, he. I thought he was really trending. Great, uh, he tore his knee up in um, in Green Bay. I, he actually played pretty well in Chicago this year. I don't know what his numbers were, but um, he was a kind of a backup guy. I don't think he had a lot of receptions, but he actually played pretty well. I think he could be, although he's thirty years old. Again, we're we're yeah bargain bargain basement hunting here. But you know, I would say the upside of a guy like I, I Dwelly is is a bigger upside than that of Tunyon. Okay, all right. Well, hey, Albert O is Albert available. O though. Hey, he's only twenty five. You might want to stretch the budget run. for him. Stretch the budget for him. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, George 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 Payton said, "Hey, you know, when it comes to free agency, we're going to be second and third day shoppers." Don't don't expect any big splashes. By, so by the way, by start the looking way, at one more for you. Yeah, one more. Charlie Warner, tight another end. backup tight end in San Francisco, who I think is a really good player as well. Okay, like a, a real versatile player, just hasn't got the opportunity to catch the ball very much, but a willing participant in the blocking game, willing and and, and can play both the fullback and the tight end area as well. So both those guys from San Francisco would be intriguing to me. Coming up, Morning Brew, what is Michael Malone's message to his team as they get ready for the playoff push? That's next. It's time for your Morning Brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Nuggets are back from the All-Star break. Hosting Washington. Very bad Washington team uh, tonight. So, good chance to uh, hit the ground running coming out of the All-Star break, which Michael Ballone believes is crucial. Led off the day with showing the standings, where we're at, who's in front of us, who's right behind us. Talked about what we have in front of us with the 27 games, 16 home, 11 away, and uh, the importance of not easing into this 27, trying to hit the ground running. You know, technically, uh, you forget it. I think that's the way the Nuggets are, are looking at it. It's the way I'm choosing to look at it. Currently, the Bronc, uh, the Nuggets are riding a three-game losing streak. But is it really a three-game losing streak when you've been off for as long as they have? Aren't you kind of pushing the reset button? It's not like they're lugging around a three-game losing streak? Well, I mean, I would think not. And they were kind of lugging around, literally, in that three-game losing streak trying to get to the all-star break the last game in that three-game losing streak they were winning here at home and then just kind of rolled over in the fourth I mean they were up by double digits all the way through that damn game so um and that was that was the Kings right yeah yeah 
So, I, I don't know. I mean, out of the break, it's important. Obviously, the Avs didn't take care of their business out of the break, right? Getting 3 of 12 points coming out of the break right. on the road. So, at least the, the Nuggets started home, right? They're home. Are they home? They're at home? Yeah, so... Yeah, no, I think it's important. I think they got the right mindset. Well, Michael Porter Jr. says it's go time. There's no such thing as um, just pressing that button when playoff comes. So these 27 games are really important. Um, you need to feel in rhythm. You need to feel healthy. Uh, you need to feel in shape and just confident individually and as a team. It really is just... We're still waiting for him. Aren't we still waiting for Michael Porter to push a button <laughs> on his career? Well, push the consistency button. Okay. Push the consistency button. Yeah, I don't need you. Stop pushing the up and down button. Push right. the consistency I, button. I don't need you to push any buttons. I just need you to play consistent basketball. Kind of like he did. He did that in the playoffs last year. Didn't he? Oh, yeah. He oh. showed us he's capable of he's doing capable it. He's capable of doing more. He's Well, the playoffs were, were noteworthy because he... He showed that he could be more than just the you know the proverbial one trick pony that just shoots. You know he was able to hmm. get on the glass, defend, uh, you know play a little bit more of an overall all around floor game. But now now it now it is time to ask demand a little bit more. Yeah, you know you're making more money than Jamal Murray. So come on now, right? Come on now. Hey Rogue, do you know who sings one trick pony? She no does chance. not know that. No, no. I, I don't know that. Huh? I don't know that. I don't know it. Don't look at me like She's that. She's a one-trick pony. I don't know that. Can you give us a hint? Yeah, please. He's super famous. He's super famous? Yes. Well, your definition of super famous and our definition of super famous might be a long ways apart. Um, Who is it? One-trick pony? He's a one-trick pony. You don't know that song? I guarantee I don't know who this is. Who I is guarantee it? you do. All right, who is it? All right. Are you ready? Yes, please. Hurry. Okay, first name starts. Let me give you his initial. P.S. P.S. Paul Simon. Yes. Paul Simon. Wow. Did you look that up, Rogue? Nope. Wow. Rogue, I'm impressed. Have you heard of Paul Simon? I have heard of Paul Simon. All right. Yes. And the other dude he was with there for all that time. Simon Garfunkel. There you go. That's right. That's yeah. right. Next on the uh, Morning Brew, Avalanche uh, in action tonight on the road at Detroit. As in Detroit, man, that just used to bring back memories. I can mm. remember, you know, oh. Mike Haynes would be calling the game and he'd basically be in the stands with Detroit fans and they'd be yelling at him. He'd be yelling at them. And it was just, just, it was, right? it was a rivalry in its purest form. I... You know what? For anybody, anybody, I'll go, but I'm going to say in 30 years, the last 30 years, the greatest rivalry in Denver sports, bar none, has been Avalanche Detroit. And I'll I'll open it up to the older timers going back before that. But I I don't know. I, I for, for what was at stake when these two teams played, the number of all-stars and future Hall of Famers that was... Uh, on the ice at the same time, the quality of play, the the unabashed hatred that was felt mm. between the two teams. I, I want to plant my flag. I, I think it's the greatest rivalry in Colorado sports ever. Ever. It's awesome. Ever. By the way. Ever. By the way. Remind, you might want to get a list together and, and bring this back at some point. Are sure. You ready? Sure. Bring that. Oh, I got a homework assignment. I got, yeah, you get a homework assignment. Just remind me because I'll forget. 
it just it just that whole conversation about that rivalry triggered a thought about All Star Games. Ooh, okay, all right. All right. I'll I'll make a note. Just circle. We'll just circle back to that circle at back. some point. Okay, we'll do. We'll okay. do. Next on the morning brew college hoops last night, a big one at the pit. CSU almost did it. Almost pulled off the upset. Uh, against a, a very good New Mexico team, but uh, CU, CSU falls short 68-66. Uh, to 66. Although, honestly, this, this is one where you're looking at, you know, making your case for the NCAA tournament, where you're going to be seated. Mm. This goes down as a good loss. They take a look at good losses, and this is a good loss. They have hockey people looking at the uh, <laughs> tournament, tournament seating. Did Joe Lenardi used to be a hockey guy? Right, right. Is he working in the OTLs? Yeah. And the SOLs? Uh-huh. SOL? Poop out of luck? Shootout loss. Oh, shootout <laughs> loss. <laughs> I knew you were. You know what? I know you so well. As soon as I said, I'm like, he knows nothing about what it actually means. He's thinking something else. And I was I you right. Poop out of luck. I was uh, right. Yeah, one of them games, you just poop out of luck. So CSU looking strong for the NCAA mm. tournament. CU still has some work to do. They are on the proverbial bubble, although that win last week at, at USC certainly certainly helped. That'll do it for the morning brew. Bring that to you each and every morning at 6.30. As always, you want to uh, react to anything we're talking about, hit us up, please, on the Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043. Up next, Troy Rank. No longer our Denver 7 insider. He's got a new job. A new title. And we're excited to talk about it with him next. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Well, Troy Rank, who is a regular, regular guest at this time every Thursday, for the last few years we've been identifying him and introducing him as our Denver 7 insider, but no longer. He's now our Denver Post insider, as Troy has gone back to the newspaper writing columns for the Denver Post. Congratulations, Troy. Yeah, it's not something I saw coming, but the timing was right. It's been always a dream job of mine to be a columnist uh, in a newspaper, specifically the Post, and it just all fell together where I had an opportunity to return home, if you will. So I start March 4th will be my first day at the Post. I cannot wait. And it gives me an opportunity to cover all sports as much as I've enjoyed covering the Broncos for the last 10 years, both at the Post and Denver 7. This allowed me to write on multiple topics, so I'm excited, man. I am really excited. I can't wait to get going. That is, I mean, that's incredible, dude. You are a very in high demand guy, and uh, you know what you're going to write your first article on? Uh, probably it'll just be an introductory column on who I am, what that column's going to look like. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to lean Broncos at least early because of the timing of it. We'll be around free agency. So, uh, but, you know, again, as soon as we get going, you know, nugs and abs are, before we know it, are going to be in the playoffs. So I'll be writing a lot of other, uh, rather, a lot of other topics other than just Broncos, but there'll probably be a Broncos lean early. And I want to write a column kind of reintroducing myself to people and kind of what the column is going to look like, what to expect. All right, Troy. Well, so we, we had a little exercise yesterday here on the program about, uh, you know, cutting money, free agent money. And, and the, the question was, 
do you cut him or do you keep him? And ultimately, there was no renegotiation aspect of this, right? So that that was the caveat. You can't renegotiate because there's a couple guys we'd like to re- renegotiate. So I'll give you I'll give you a list of five guys. Is that what we had, Mike? Five, five. So yes. we had DJ Jones, DJ Jones, Carlin Sutton, Tim or- Patrick, Justin Simmons, and Garrett Poles. Would you, if if your only choice was to keep them at their current cap value, you know, ten million plus? or cut them, what would you do? Yeah, I would, if it's, that's the choice without the renegotiation, so let's make sure we understand yes. the question. I would keep Simmons and Bowles. Uh, after that, I mean, I, the argument would be to probably cut and move on from the others. DJ Jones would hurt because their rush defense isn't very good, mm-hmm. and he's their, probably their best rush defender. He would have to be reworked to come back. Cortland Sutton had a terrific year but he still had fewer than 60 catches and fewer than 800 yards. And they have paid that receiver room as a top three to top five room for the last few years. Um, so as much as that one would hurt, I would probably look to completely rework my receiver room and go younger. Um, again, just based on this question, I think the easier one is you'd probably trade Jerry Judy and keep Sutton. And then Tim Patrick, you're going to have to rework it and put him on a veteran minimum type deal, see if he can make the team. But they're going to have to make some tough decisions. I just, with Bowles, you don't have an answer. He played good last year. He's not a pro bowler, but he's good. Simmons is the thread that connects their defense. And he is the communication guy. He's the guy that makes it work. Just look at the games they played against Miami, against Chicago, what it looked like when he wasn't out there. I just think he's too invaluable to move on from. Since you're going to be writing about all topics at at the Denver Post, let, let's bounce around a little bit. When when you look at the the Nuggets back to work here and, and Nikola Jokic coming off the All Star break and a heavy favorite once again to to win the MVP, where where are you at when it comes to how long this guy wants to do it? There's there's a prevailing opinion that hey maybe when this contract is is up he may just decide to. Uh, to go back home to Serbia. Our Jake Shapiro at denversports.com said that the only way that you may entice Jokic to hang around and play beyond this next contract is if you team him up with his uh, his friend, Luka Doncic. How do you look at Nikola Jokic's long-term future here in the NBA? Yeah, it's fascinating because he makes it very clear that his things that matter to him are obviously basketball and family and horses. Like those three things, he's not... There's not a lot of other things that entice him, like the celebrity of it. And if he's not a legacy guy, and he's a Hall of Famer, once he, I mean, he's a two-time all, uh, MVP. The, the, the basketball Hall of Fame is pretty easy to make, with all due respect. So without the legacy attached to it, that's what keeps most superstars playing, Mike, is you need numbers, and you have to do it over the breadth of 10 to 15 years. And that's not necessarily the case in basketball. So if he wins another title in the course of this contract, I think it, it certainly raises the question, would he move on? I, I, I just don't know. A lot of guys say that, that I've covered, not, not a lot, but that oh, I, I want to go with family, I wanna, and I want to you know, just get away from everything. And then they do that and realize they miss the balance of the competitiveness of playing. Now, he has horse racing that fuels some of that competitive desire, but typically an athlete that's as good as him they will miss it at the highest level. You can only play so many international games and go to so many horse races. It's not the same as, you know, beating LeBron James in the playoffs or raising Larry O'Brien trophy. So I'm not ready to say he's going to go out particularly early, but he more than any athlete in recent memory raises the question. I mean, like Jim Brown did it. He walked away. Barry Sanders walked away. It's happened. It's, it's rare, 
And I certainly, Nicola gives us reason for pause, given the way he approaches life, but I'm not ready to say it yet. Because when guys get into legacy arguments, sometimes they just say, you know what, I can play a couple more years. The next thing you know, the career ends up being 12 to 15, not 8 to 10. Hey, speaking of Nikola Jokic, and I don't know, this is probably not the right terminology, but I was just thinking about this as you were talking. Is he the most reluctant MVP in NBA history? And what I mean by that is nobody wants him to be the face of the NBA. And we were just watching ESPN during the break, and it was, is Jason Tatum the next face of the NBA? And this is ESPN's almost unabashed um, dislike for having a guy in Denver that's from Serbia being the MVP in the face of the NBA. So um, I guess my question is, like, he's not only fighting the rest of the great players in the NBA, but he's fighting the majority of the media that don't really want him to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, those who love Nikola love everything about the basketball side, but he doesn't bring the marketing side. He doesn't bring – I mean, there's a competitiveness there for those of us who see him play all the time, but he doesn't move the needle, if you will, because he plays below the rim. He's not your modern superstar. He is – for me, he's like a better version of Larry Bird uh, in some ways, the way he plays. But Larry played with such anger and talked more trash than the Sierra Club. So the idea that Larry, he was an E and he was in Boston when they were, it was Boston Lakers. So yeah, he is reluctant. The league would like it. The thing is, Nicola doesn't care. That's the, usually a guy would care. Like, hey, I'm the MVP. Give me some, put some respect on my name. The league has wanted it to be LeBron James still here for the last five years. LeBron's going to be 52 years old and in the face of the NBA. Like, what are we doing? So I understand that they're trying to transition someone into that role. If it's going to be Tatum, they got to win a title. They got to win big games. They don't. He and Jalen Brown, for whatever reason, usually because Jalen Brown decides to dribble left-handed in the playoffs and they get knocked out. But at some point, for someone else to supersede him, it's likely going to have to involve a title. And you're right. Nationally, whether it's TNT, whether it's ESPN, they would prefer it be someone else because they're easier to market. But those who just love basketball – it's impossible not to love Nikola Jokic. The unselfishness, the humility, the way in which he plays the game like a point center that we've never seen. He is Bill Walton if Bill Walton had stayed healthy. But if Bill Walton was a much more fascinating character. That's the thing. Nikola doesn't really do media. If he did the media, he's funny. I mean, he's good. He just doesn't do it. And so in that regard, Mark, you're right. They would prefer it be someone else. But too bad. He's the best player. <laughs> Live with it. Yeah, and he's ours. And uh, Troy Rank is ours. Congratulations again, Troy, on the new gig starting up in uh, early March. Back to the Denver Post as a, a columnist, but doesn't change anything. You're with us every week, and we appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks. pal. Thanks, Troy. You guys are the best. Take care. See you. Troy Rank of Boy, the Denver I Post. I thought your back was going to bristle when he said he's a better version of Larry Bird. I thought you were about ready to go through the phone uh, line there. In, in some ways, he is. Yeah. No, in some ways he is. I know. That's why I was I, I was surprised because I was waiting for the reaction. I looked at you like a I was like like you know when you were a little kid and you knew something irritated your dad and you were waiting for him to blow his top. <laughs> no, I looked over here like a little nope. kid. Like is dad gonna blow? Nope. I'm okay with the comparison. Traffic. Nope. <clears throat> I'm, I'm okay with the comparisons. Right. No problem at all. Four down territory next.